Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined, the podcast. Yeah, and you know, the thing about the flat earth theory yeah. is that just, I'm um, just exactly a big believer in it of course and it's just you you can't prove to me that the earth is round no you know i mean just i'm so glad we're all on the same page with have, this oh i'm sorry did we start recording i'm sorry no but i mean you're right i mean uh, with jesus talking about the four <laughs> corners i mean it's impossible I mean, <laughs> and that's why we need to build this rocket we've got to get this rocket. jesus wrote it all down right all in the book it's yeah. all there and don't get me started about the moon yeah. landing <laughs> Um, for the listeners that don't know me or like i'm kidding okay i feel like that's obvious but i just want to get i think anybody who listens to us will know (laughs) right for those of us who don't know you who are you so my friends call me will okay but uh my 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 recording artist name is uh william elliott whitmore yes and the reason the reason I use my full name mm-hmm. uh, is because my middle name was my grandma's maiden name, oh, Elliot. Nice. Oh, I, okay. And I was always so proud of that. And when I first started writing songs uh, a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. she she was very proud of me, like using that as using my full name at, uh, on CDs and and uh, on stage and stuff. And she's since passed away. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was just my way of kind of honoring my grandma, uh, much to the chagrin of uh, people that try to fit the name on uh, marquees or T-shirts or anything. Right. It's too damn long. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> so that's a roundabout way of saying, yeah, William Elliott Whitmore. But for our purposes, you can call me Will. Well, I, I all right. I got to say my mother's a big fan of yours, too. And she can't pronounce all three of the names. She so it has problems with that. It is. It, it's a mouthful. It's, it's it a lot. And it's, it's one of those things. But that's a great story. Well, yeah. And, and my grandma was, grandmas are the best. Mm-hmm. Grandmas are just cool. And uh, she was a great lady. And uh, I, I, I had this manager. Well, no, he, he wanted to try to be my manager yeah. a long time ago, like 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And he was fast talking manager type. And one of the first things he said was that I need to change my name and shorten my name. Oh, yeah. And uh, it just, I, I was like, I don't know, do I, uh, you know, uh, do the Bob Dylan thing? And Kind of like the line in uh, in the Facebook movie, drop the, the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> drop the, the. I was like, yeah, oh, okay. Will, Will it's Dylan. cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so man, I, I like it. Yeah, yeah I, I do like, too. I can't do that. Like, I got to just. It's got to be the full right. thing. So. And I think the one thing, too, about it, uh, you know, and even having a long name as a moniker, it's like uh, if the music's really good, and, and I say this sincerely, you're going to bother to memorize it, <laughs> you know? And that's what I did. So it yeah, was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, this is good enough to check out. And uh, and then so I can remember the name, you know, and I can look up stuff and everything else. So it's worth it. It's been definitely worth it, man. Well, that's kind words. Yeah. And uh, I I appreciate this because when I met you guys down in uh, Columbia, yeah, yeah, down at that Big Smith show, yeah, great set by the way, man, oh, loved thank it. Thank you. You you guys are yeah, you guys are really kind, and that, that that's awesome. And but it was just fun. I could just tell you guys were like 
cool people and and uh, i remember just shooting the breeze yeah. with you and, and it just seemed like a good thing and so i sure thank you for letting me do this and, and and your kind words and everything but that yeah that was a fun show and i know you guys talked to mark yeah uh i haven't listened to the mark episode oh, yet oh good it's uh, a good one yeah uh, yeah he's a cool guy yeah he's a great guest mm-hmm. man we we love mark seeing you guys down at that big smith show was was really cool and i was just gonna say how much fun i had at that show and it was just nice to talk to you guys down there and i just love that band it was such a oh they're good man that that's some missouri uh that's some missouri darlings right there i mean oh yeah they yeah we've been fans for years yeah they never got the attention they deserved and it 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 hurts me sometimes to think about it too much because Big Smith mm-hmm. is just such an incredible act. But uh, yours is great, too, man. I mean, uh, I remember the one thing I remember from the show was talking to you afterwards. And it was like, you remember all the kids are running around in front of the stage? Yeah. You know, I just looked, I looked at Matt and I was like, well, there goes uh, singing like Mutiny. <laughs> I remember you saying you know, like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Big <laughs> fucking Smith. <laughs> and you're like, Oops, sorry. That's about the only way you can say it, though. <laughs> yeah you know it's really that's yeah. the only way to really pronounce their name truly right you know, so. i gave you a woo uh, <laughs> and i had a kid there <laughs> i didn't care yeah yeah they had fun. There. Yeah, well, yeah they had a blast yeah. well if you're a cool enough parent to bring your kids to something like that i gotta figure your kids are probably pretty cool and it's just words it's, it's just words man. right like, it's all it's, right. it's what the intent is that matters and so right. uh Ours here worse at home, I can assure you. <laughs> sure. All from our wives. But you know, beyond that, man, you're steering them towards college all their life and all they're going to do is read it in Shakespeare and in every book that they read that's worth a shit anyway. So it's like, yeah. you know, let's not swear at you, but let's steer you for 15 years to be sworn at in everything you read. You know, it's, it's a ridiculous thing. It's like you say, it's just words. Well, yeah, and they can, they can have power. Sure. Yeah, the, the word, words can have power, and they're beautiful right. things. And my grandma, another thing my grandma said when that "Animals in the Dark" record came out, and uh, yeah, the first song record. is "Mutiny," and and there's uh-huh. um, uh, you know cursing in that, and, and and she said sometimes that's just the only word that'll do. She's right. you know sometimes a curse word <laughs> is the only word that'll do, and when you're mad or it's the only damn word that'll do. And so she she said that's all right. Sometimes, gosh darn it, just doesn't, it doesn't work. Cut it. No, yeah, yeah. no. When She's George Bush right. is the president, and and you're just pissed mm-hmm. off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that surprised me, man. When you told me that, because I had no idea. I've been listening to the stuff, and before I bought the record there, and uh, it just like that, you were like, "This was written ten years ago." Oh, I was like, "Oh, how timely." <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of the shit I'm listening to now, but it makes sense that it was Bush. Because, you know, I was like, I kept going back and forth. I was like, man, was it Obama? No, 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 it was Bush. (laughs) (laughs) Which man are we fucking hearing? I want to get on board with the right one. Hell, it could be Julius Caesar. I mean, it goes goes back. I mean, it, it goes back and back and back. Sure. And I mean, you know, we're absolutely, and we, we, we still would have given you a shot if like it was on anything Obama ran out, you know, we, we, we try to do that, but we are a couple of liberal snowflakes ourselves. So. <laughs> right. But we'll have a discussion with anybody. Right. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's good. Government corruption is bullshit on all sides anyway. And 
Absolutely. Uh, so I've got no pr- problem with anything as long as it's a populist, you know, message. And I think that album sums it up, man. That was really good. So we talked a little bit earlier, like green rooming, green rooming. You grew up in right around Keokuk, Lee County, somewhere around there, Iowa. Right? Yep. Yep. Just a little bit north of Keokuk, a little town okay. called Montrose. And that's where okay. I still live. I actually live on the same farm I grew up on. Wow. Uh, my wife and I live here. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm right here. I'm, I'm, I, I went out and, and traveled and, and did all that. And, you know, you, you got to kind of go away to come back. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had that in your lives where you, you're like, okay, forget this place. And then, you, you know, you right. go out and leave. And you're like, oh, no, yeah. Where I grew up is actually pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky. I had family land and stuff. So, um, yeah. So, I, yeah. Good. And I, uh, so here I am on that. So, yeah, right near Keokuk. And you said you, you got some Illinois ties that aren't too yeah. far from here. Yeah. Right across the Iowa border, like right across from Clinton, Iowa, um, was our little town. Clinton was a big rivalry for us, you know, football and everything else. But yeah, up there in the land of the green elevators. But I was going to ask you about that because talking about mutiny, and it's like uh, there's also some hip hop references in there. There's also some, you know, we find like punk covers and shit like that. So, yeah. So that, that I'm glad you caught. Well, it, it's it's obvious if you're a hip hop fan, but it yeah. might not be so obvious if you don't aren't steeped in that world. So the the old party chant. Uh, you know, the yeah. roof, the roof, the roof, the roof is, is on, on fire. fire. Yeah. We don't yeah. need no water. Let the motherfucker oh, yeah. burn. Motherfucker burn. <laughs> yep. I got that. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you if you grew up, you know, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, like you, you'd be, you'd at least have seen it in a movie. I'm sure I saw it in like the house party movie or something. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but I grew up listening to, um, you know, first it was country music with my parents mm-hmm. and everything. Yep. And exactly. an old time music and, right. and which I, which I loved it. And then you start to kind of find your own things and it was punk rock and it was, uh, you know, the Minutemen and, and yes. minor threat and descendants yeah. and fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even, even like, uh, like Pearl jam and stuff, right. you know, the grunge like, scene. Whoa, this is punk as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great. No, gr- grunge was like the natural progression for punk. I think so. And, and especially yeah. where we were living. You know, we, we kind of yeah. talked about that to like John Axtell the other week um, that it was just like, you know, it's, it's where we were. And I mean, if you grow up in the middle of the farm belt, you know, it's what you have access to as well. So, yeah, it's like getting a yeah. jerks so, record so, or something like that was a big deal. You know, and you're, you're a little bit younger than me, but not much. So it had to be hard up there. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd, you'd find stuff wherever you could and, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you you know, like uh, like yeah, Pearl Jam might as well have been Black Flag to me. Right. You know, it was like right. it was just mm-hmm. as like crazy and interesting. And so yeah, there was a little CD store, literally a, a little CD store called the Disc Jockey in Keokuk, mm-hmm. and you could go there and and, and find that stuff. And uh, man, I I just loved it. I loved that search, and uh, and and so then so I, I'm I'm the youngest of three. And so my oldest sister had moved out to California. Mm-hmm. And so she would send back tapes. She was living uh, in San Diego. Oh, she was discovering like hip, hip, hip hop music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she would send like NWA tapes, um, right you know, Ice Cube's first tape. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, all, all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is the new, this is, 
Yeah, this is more dangerous than punk. <laughs> <Right. even. laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Or it was like a different side of the same coin. Really, I like, agree. Oh, yeah, oh, this is this is expressing a, a expressing something with like simple tools. And yeah, so that that's the the hip hop thing mm-hmm. came right along. But yeah, it was so in your yeah. face yep. too. Yeah, exactly. Especially back when that whole movement was starting, though, like they had something to say, and I think it kind of devolved in some ways where it got to be just kind of cliche. Well, but when it was really hitting the scene, yeah. man, you had the NWA and Public Enemy, and just bam, man, we. Could, we're pissed off and we got good reason to yeah. be and here's why well and i, I yeah. think punk i think punk kind of devolved too yeah in some ways well not all not all punk there was plenty of good underground punk in that era no doubt about it just wasn't getting exposure and i think that like you know just mainstream punk anyway devolved and uh, hip-hop was a great alternative to that because it was a big fuck you yeah and it, it was a window into a world that i had no idea about yeah um, so, you know, li- living in a cornfield in Iowa, yep. listening to NWA, for instance, was like, oh, these guys are going through a thing that I have no idea about. Mm-hmm. Let me turn this up and listen. And and same as Public Enemy and, um, and Chuck D was such a poet. And oh, yeah. It's like, oh, this is a th- this is a world I have no idea about. I need to just listen and, yeah. and check this out. Uh, yeah, so it was, it's so fascinating. So that, yeah, that mutiny song, mm-hmm. it, it was a big swing kind of, but I was like, I'm going to put a little ode. It, you know, it was a way of like, okay, I just want the song to be a, to be a beat. There's no instruments, right. just drums right. and voice. Uh, so it's a little ode to like hip hop in a way, the closest I could get without actually doing it right. because <laughs> i'm not I, you know I, i'm like i shouldn't be doing that right but, but I, no i love uh, your twist anyway that, that was my nod yeah yeah t- i mean tell me tell me public enemy wasn't as punk as anything yeah, you know? yeah. no i would yeah. not argue yeah. that statement even a little bit i actually went to see nwa and eze in peoria illinois like that's Whoa. that's like right across the river yeah. And it was like probably it was like probably 1987. I think we were the the only two Caucasian kids there, at like 13. Wow. A couple skaters. I know yeah. the story. Yeah. Luckily, there was these a bunch of Crips who were up front. Honestly, I mean that's just who they were, and they took <laughs> us in and thought we were just these cute little mascots. And they kept us there all night, <laughs> and they thought they it was so funny that these two little like thirteen year old white boys with their skater caps on were coming to the show and just kept laughing at us the whole time. But they kept us safe. Honestly, it was a really rough show, man. Might have saved your life, man. Because, well, I mean, the big yeah. thing NWA at that time they were like, we were we are going into the roughest neighborhoods that we can find, you know, and we're gonna play there. And I thought that was so cool that they were willing to bring, you know, instead of like bringing it to a big auditorium. Yeah, that, I I love that image of of you guys there, and <laughs> and, and you're so non threatening, right. and they're just like, oh, look, look at these two, two little like two boys. little squirrels <laughs> yeah. came in, like, like just let's protect right. them. And this is and so honestly, cute. Let's see how long we can keep them alive here. <laughs> but like, they, I don't know. I, I had to think maybe they were like stoked too just to think like hey we're it's reaching like, we're reaching some yeah. people with this like well yeah i had i had to get it from my friends in chicago i guess i was closer to chicago but you were closer to like uh you were probably closer to iowa city then yeah yeah 
Yep, that that was the nearest, and it still kind of is the nearest, uh, you know, place to really go see a show right. or go to the record store or go to the comic book shop or yeah. you know, uh, it was it was the nearest culture, and it was it was a big deal to go there when I was a kid, and and yeah, you you it felt cool to go to the record store and, and discover yeah. like Dinosaur Junior oh, yeah. and uh, what whatever else you know. Uh, and, that that feeling is so great, and I still, I mean, I still go to that same record store. Oh, that's and cool. Love it, and uh, but 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 those windows, yeah. For for you, being Chicago, like yeah, just going to the yeah. big city, and it was like, all right, what can I find? Yeah. You know, I bet that was it a was. like go to Wax Wax Tracks Records. And, oh yeah, yeah, going to Wax Tracks Records yeah. when it was the brick and mortar. You know, a few times when I was a kid, and like the alley yeah. and the exit. Um, back in those days doing the punk shows, you know, when like the, the pumpkins like played at the exit for, uh, the Gish record release. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You spent some time in Chicago though. So yes. you're like, okay, going back to Iowa city though. So when does your kind of, uh, I'm branching out, I'm going to the city. I want to play punk rock. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh-huh. cool. Um, it was about, let's see, I guess it would have been about 1996. Okay. I just graduated from high school and um, had my uh, both my folks had passed away oh, I'm sorry. Uh, years earlier. Uh, well, well, no, that's, that's, not, that's not quite right. Uh, my mom, I guess it'd be, it would have been a year later my mom passed away. Um, and, and my dad had passed away a couple years earlier. And I only say that to say that it, it gave me this like feeling of like, I'm just going to go out in the world and do whatever I got to do. Yeah. But, you know, I, I only bring that up to, 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 to paint the picture of like, okay, life is short. I'm going, you know, I, I've been wanting right. to do this music thing. So I'm just going to do it because life mm-hmm. is short, man. And it, it was this weird, um, this weird freedom almost to just go like, okay, you know, th- the things that matter just, do mm-hmm. the things that matter. So I'd been writing songs and, uh, and with, you know, I, I had done like a few little shows, like right. some local shows around like Keokuk and, and, uh, and things like that with like my cousin and we would sit and play guitar and like, we would do like cover songs and, and we were writing songs too. But, but then, so yeah. So when I was 18, moved to Iowa city mm-hmm. and then got plugged into a, you know, when you, when you kind of meet those first people right. in the scene that, you know, I'm, I'm still friends with a bunch of them today, like that you're like, Oh, there's other people that are like me mm-hmm. that are doing this, right. you know, those connections become so yeah. important at those times too. Yeah. I mean, it, it set me on a path. It literally, so like, like going just, okay, I'll go to these shows. I don't know who these bands are, but you just start mm-hmm. going to the shows, making friends. And, um, I, you know, I was trying to, <laughs> I was, I had kind of a, a, a one man country thing I was doing, but then I was like, man, I really want to like, I want to play punk rock. I want to start a, a punk rock band. So I had a, I had this band called uh-huh. 20 minutes, uh, that, that we, that never really got out of the basement, you know, and it just never, never really worked. And so I, I kind of was like, okay, I, you know, I'll leave that up to the experts and I'll just do my one man band. You know, I'll kind of uh-huh. just go back to my roots and, and do that. But I still, I still wanted to be in that scene. Right. So, so I would just bring a banjo and just play. Like I would open up shows like at Gabe's and, and uh, the green room and, and places like that and just open up like punk shows with just a uh-huh. banjo. And so I didn't really come up in like the, like the coffee house scene or anything. It was more like through the uh-huh. punk scene. 
but that was the scene that was like accepting and they were just like yeah come on and do whatever like we're all right. just doing whatever oh i oh I, it was just yeah so it was an interesting way to come into it um kind of through the side door you know kind of just oh this is where the like cool people are that are doing stuff and uh very unpretentious right. just very like uh non-judgmental you know uh you, you had to get people's attention when you're by yourself that that helped me formulate a style of, of being uh louder you know <laughs> louder right. than it needed to be and and just to kind of get well it's kind of nice that you didn't sorry it's kind of nice that you didn't have to hide that you liked country music too at that time <laughs> when i was a young punk anyway i had i had eyed that yeah, a lot yeah yeah isn't that funny? It's it's such a funny thing. It is. Uh, and it, it, people quickly, you can, you know, there, there'd be punks that, you know, like wearing like Misfits right. shirts and maybe they weren't, they didn't, they didn't know a lot about country music, but, but would quickly be like, oh, but you know, oh, yeah, well, that's, I mean, he's, he's cool. But, so right, that's that, the... <laughs> like a doorway <laughs> right. in, you know, gateway. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Who is more punk, mm -hmm. you know, again, like a, like like Mike Watt said, or D Boone, you know, like punk is what you make it to be. Exactly, like, punk is not a type of music. It's a way of doing things. It's a, it's an attitude. It isn't about breaking up stuff. It isn't about smashing stuff. Right. It's about doing things yourself mm -hmm. and having independence and not being in the in the quote unquote system. You know, right. so someone like Johnny Cash, it's he, he got. He got uh, thrown out of the Nashville system early on and right. did it in, in his own way. Yeah. So so that that was a way in for like a lot of punk rockers were like, oh, but Hank Williams was cool. Right. Johnny Cash was yeah, cool. Yeah, that's okay. So so yeah, you, that was the end. Right. Yeah. And it got a lot better like when I moved down to Missouri because I, I think just being like in a touch of the South, like they were more accepting of that, you know? So I heard a lot more like rockabilly punk and, uh, and shit like that that was cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's true though. In the '90s, especially, bands were all over the place. You know, I saw like the uh, the Chickasaw Mud Puppies open up for Jane's Addiction when I was like 16. You know, you you wouldn't match that band. Oh, you know, <laughs> right. or match those bands. It's just it, that wouldn't happen. You wouldn't you wouldn't put them on the same bill. Right, and I think that was at a time where there so so many different sounds were kind of emerging at once too that that they didn't know how to put them all together well okay i'm gonna throw these two acts together kind of maybe i don't know and like in retrospect you look back oh no why <laughs> right. would you do that but at the time kinda it, it kind of worked you know you could have like an alternative band with oh. a thrash band and you know it it, it kind of made sense at the time and it might right. not today yeah, and, and those were the best bills. Yes. I mean, looking back, I still <laughs> Absolutely. I, I still think that uh I, I really I love heavy metal, but I really don't want to see four heavy metal right. bands in a row or or anything or bluegrass or anything like necessarily. I mean like switch it up, like have have it be a few like few different things on the same bill. Right. I mean, with, with you know, within reason. I, I get that certain fans of one might not be a fan of the other right. or whatever. Or opening, opening with a comedian. You become a fan. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's hard. I feel bad for <laughs> I those too, guys. Man. I do too. Even when they're like really good comedians, it's like, fuck, this it's just not the place, man. Yeah, they're losing, they're losing them. them. Yeah, I just feel yeah. like, oh, they're they're losing them. Yeah, um, we're gonna get to faith no more in a minute. Yeah. But I'm Neil Hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he was the king he was of, good. The king of, he uh, could do it. He would just make it. He would make it last longer. Right. He would like purposefully drag uh, it out and make and it last he could do longer. It. Just making it painful. Yeah, 
Right. That's probably why he chose those bells. Oh, so good. But shit, man, I feel bad for anybody. Uh, <laughs> right. Unless you're opening for like right. Ray Stevens or something. Right. And Branson. Yeah. Oh, I saw man. him once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've probably seen him. I don't know. Man, that's, that's funny. My dad uh, had some of his tapes. Uh-huh. There was, there was commercials on TV where you could like order right. now seven ninety nine uh, uh, country uh-huh. classics or whatever. But one of them was like the, uh, the hits of Ray Stevens all on one tape, <laughs> you know, uh, the like a, squirrel a, a offensive. Berserk. Now it's like, gotta get that. A- Ahab the Arab. Right. Like, oh, oh boy. So, offensive, <laughs> you know, like, but at the time, you know, at the time, right. and then like, he'll... Like, whatever, like, but yeah, my dad had those tapes. He was yeah. a country weird owl. Right. <laughs> you know, basically, and if you lived in like a rural area like we did, you know, you, you listen to Weird Al, but you knew who mm-hmm. Ray Stevens was, too. Yeah. Oh, I could still sing tons of Ray Stevens songs that aside from the like, uh, just clueless. I, I chalk it up to him just being whatever, just clueless about race thing. Yeah. Or, you know, that like yeah. they had the Arab right. and like, I think you're just a <laughs> dummy. You're not racist. I think you're just a dummy or. Whatever. Right. You're, you're, it was a much different time. That right. doesn't excuse it, but of course, of course, I, it's it, still cringy. It's more ignorant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still. He probably yeah, wouldn't put it out today. Not. No, no. Um, but but you know, a lot of the songs were just kind of goofy, and as a kid, it fell into that like hee haw. Like, okay, I know this is cornball, but man, I'm kind of like caught up in yeah, the melody. Novelty <laughs> songs. I mean, I think we all had that. Yes. Yeah, we talked about that before with like Roger Miller and. You know, chug a lug and oh you know. man, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was just a genius, yeah. though. I mean, he really was. He, he was the upper echelon of all that stuff. He he had those like novelty type songs. Oh yeah, then, like like King of the or, Road or or like oh that's just husbands beautiful. and wives and oh yeah. Yep, I'm a huge Roger Miller yeah, fan, man. Huge. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, my wife just bought the uh, for nostalgia mm-hmm. reasons. Just bought the uh, the uh, uh, Robin Hood, the old Disney cartoon right. Robin Hood. Right. Oh, Sa- soundtrack mm-hmm. uh-huh. on, on vinyl. She, it's the Robin Hood vinyl of the soundtrack. Right. And Roger Miller's like the narrator, and he sings the right. main song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I forgot that he was. You know, Robin Hood is right. a fox. Uh-huh. If yeah. you remember that old yep. cartoon? I knew Roger Miller. Uh, yeah. But, yep. but Roger Miller's all uh-huh. over that thing. Oh, it was great for nostalgia. She like bought that, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, I love this." Well, then you don't have to sit through the movie. Well, he did a big yeah. musical yep. too, Big River. Yep. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, it's it's like a um, musical yeah. uh, Huck Finn. Oh wow! Called oh, Big yeah. River, and he did the music for it. I've been saying for years somebody needs to do a biopic on this guy. Oh, wow. he's one yeah. of those. I mean, just like I agree. <laughs> who should play? Who oh, should play gee. him? Oh, wow, that's a who tough question, Miller man. In the biopic, that's tough. Mm. Boy, I'm gonna say uh, Dave Fr- Dave Franklin. Mm, yeah, that's pretty good at the right time. <laughs> but you got, but you gotta like, <laughs> you gotta like go through his life. You know, you gotta go. Who's the older yeah, Roger Miller? Right. Who's Roger as a kid? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Right, I'm and I'm trying to think. Okay, the, the acting chops mm-hmm. versus the musical chops. Well, they'll, they'll cut um, all that in shit. You know, they won't. They don't mm. have to sing. Just have to look like Roger. Oh, but it's so much better when the actor, like when Joaquin Phoenix, yes. like, actually sang Johnny yep. Cash's parts and mm-hmm. walked the line and stuff. It's so much better. I'm gonna say, who's that kid that's uh, in that movie Whiplash? 
Um, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That guy actor, he, with the drums. You're dragging. You're leading. Yeah. The kid though. Yeah. I forget. I'm forgetting that. Yeah. Boy, yeah you did a good kid, job. Uh, ah. <sighs> I don't know his name. Yeah. I'm just throwing out names. I'm just talking about that. It's a great we'll fucking movie. This, yeah. No. We'll get this thing. It's an cast. excellent movie. We're going to make it happen. It all started here. The Roger Miller biopic. <laughs> the Roger Miller biopic. King of the, it's King of the Road. King of the Road, right? Or I guess it could be called Dang Me. Dang Me. Or you could do something like pick a lyric out. Maybe that's know? better. Oh, yeah. Like, you have so I many lyrics you could do that with. Right. I ain't got no cigarettes. Or like call it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. I like I this. I like this. Well, we'll. we'll yeah. Sneaky snake. <laughs> Sneaky snake. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My uncle used to love me, but she died. Yes, yeah, so yeah. good. Well, I don't we'll know. get this hammered out. We'll, we'll get her <laughs> hammered out, dude. All right. Here we're working on it now. Mark the date and the time. <laughs> we got to copyright it. 8.43 p.m. October 7th. <laughs> this is I'm, our idea. I'm starting on a script. This is our I'm idea. I'm start writing a spec script. Okay? I'm just going to start writing a spec script on okay. this thing. And uh, the Roger Miller biopic, working title, dang me. Okay. Okay. Beginning shot. All uh, right. Exterior. Uh, a railroad yard. Okay. I'll work on some storyboard <laughs> sketches. <laughs> a young boy. I'm storyboarding it now. Sits by a, a railroad yeah. track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong kid died. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. With an empty bottle <laughs> getting squashed by the train. <laughs> <laughs> a voice from off screen. A, no, it would be, it'd be a, a voice from off screen says, "Roger, quit staring at them dang trains. Come over here by the moonshine still. I want you to. I want you to chug a lug something. I, hmm. I don't have to listen to you. I got the music in my soul. It makes me want to holler, Heidi Ho. The trailer is just for sailor rent." <laughs> <laughs> you know all you got's rooms to rent 50 cents <laughs> yeah and just, yeah you'll see yeah and you see you see him just write write it all down uh, in his little yeah book. goes back in his mind right mm, i remember that day mm. the train okay, i like this this is good this has got legs we got this it's have good it. we're going somewhere <laughs> i don't know where we're going <laughs> So that's somewhere with the Roger Miller bio. So I'm gonna go. I'm, so back go to okay, back. Kia Cook, punk rock. Yep, and go, going to Iowa City, and and to your point of like yes. meeting friends, meeting people that would affect your life. And so I would meet, you know, meet mm -hmm. meet people at these shows. There was this band called Vita Blue, and they were like a hardcore kind of uh, screaming, uh, kind of weird angular post punk band, and they were great. And I got to right. be friends with those guys. And they were doing the DIY thing of putting on their own shows. And, you know, they do shows in basements and in, in living rooms. And, and I didn't even know that was possible, uh -huh. really. Like, I didn't know that you didn't have to actually go to the yeah. rock club. You could, like, just put on a show at the community center Someone's or whatever. House. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so they were the first people I knew that were doing stuff like that. So I, I fell in with them and became friends. Well, then they, they were booking their own tours, like, literally just the early days of email, just, e you know, emailing and, uh -huh. and, uh, setting up shows all around the U S. So I jumped in the band with them with my banjo and, uh, I would kind of roadie and kind of, you know, help them carry their stuff. And then ex in exchange, um, play like two or three songs before their set. 
And so that was my early days mm-hmm. of just getting on the road and, uh, and, and seeing America that way, which, which was cool. I kind of plugged into a thing they already had going and yeah, playing, yeah. playing basements and, and some, some rock clubs too and stuff. And, uh, just going to every dang state. And it was just a, I, I kind of lucked into a way to tour without really, I, I didn't have to book it or anything. They already had it all set up. Right. And so it was a great way to, to yeah. get into it. And then when they weren't a band anymore, I kind of just kept on that circuit. Um, uh-huh. and, and just kept, you know, kept and got a booking agent later and, and record labels and all that stuff was later, but, but it was just that initial, uh-huh. that initial getting in the van and just hitting the road with these guys that are still some of my best friends that still come and like play on my records and we still do projects together and they're, you know, uh, we still see each other and hang out. And it's just so funny that, you know, 20 years later, uh, those things that, that, that stick with you, you know, and, and, but it, it all goes, you know, I, I tell, right. I tell younger musicians and any, any artist like, uh, just go meet people, just go, go to where it's happening. And just, even if you're a young comic, like go to the open mics, just go and watch one and mm-hmm. talk to the comics and meet them. And, or if you're a musician, like just go hang out. Like that's the first step, go hang out and, and see what's happening. And, right. and that's the thing. Then yeah. go open for Whitmore if you're a comedian. I think that's the yeah, yes. Oh, that's the be... lesson here. Now, <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I did bring up a friend of mine that uh, does stand up. Yeah. Well, he he kind he, he doesn't really do yeah. stand up. He does more of an Andy Kaufman like anti comedy thing or like a Neil Anti-comedy, Hamburger, yeah. uh, like a more Mortify. more yeah. of a like a. a uh, if you're in on it and you get what he's doing, then you get it. But if you don't, you right. don't know what he's doing. And my buddy mm-hmm. Jarrett Jarrett Mitchell, and he would dress up like John Lennon, like in the Sergeant Pepper days, like with the Sergeant <laughs> Pepper. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I think I think his grandma sewed it for him, like you know those like army those faux like marching band, uh, right sequined. But like, yeah, they're yeah. kind of tasseled, like shoulder tassels, and like, I think it's right. meant, meant to look like a marching, right? Like Captain a, Crunch, psych- yes, right? Psychedelic marching band <laughs> outfits, those those right Sergeant Pepper's outfits. So he put that on, just doing this weird uh-huh. anti comedy. But I I brought him on a tour <laughs> once, and people did not get it. They did not get it. I loved it. I thought it was so funny, and, and right? just he was. It, it was that thing of he was just bombing, and like, and he would lean into the bomb and just like, just go harder on. It. People start to boo, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, you'd love for me to leave the stage, wouldn't you?" That he'd do like twenty more minutes, you know. And I just loved it so much. Uh, so, so that's funny. So I, I actually did do that, and then by the time I went up. They, you know, they, they were so relieved. It was actually good for me. Yeah, like, there you go. And, uh, they Don't were fucking die. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, who is this guy? Why'd you bring him with you? I'm like, dude, that's, he's like one of my best friends. You better not talk bad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, well, and you know, being the supporting act, he's supporting you. So yeah, yeah. You know, oh, it was great. in any way you can. We actually have a friend who's a comedian in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, in Iowa City. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's the amateur comedian Chris Lowry. Oh, yep. Okay, I'd, I'll have to look him up. Uh, yeah, he plays around there a lot. Yeah, you know, friend of the show. It was, his name is Chris Lowry. <laughs> Chris, hey, yeah, Chris Lowry. Yeah, Chris Lowry. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look him mm-hmm. up. My cousin Clay okay. uh, started doing mm-hmm. 
stand-up comedy a couple years ago. He's a year older than me. So, uh, so like when he was like 40, uh, got divorced and was just like having a life change and stuff. I was like, I'm going to start doing stand-up comedy. And he's always been a funny dude. And he was actually right. the first guy I ever like played music with. Like when we were kids, we'd sit and play guitar together and stuff. And we always liked huh. joking around and he's always been a funny dude. Uh, but now he's full on, like doesn't have a real job, quote unquote, just cool. books his own shows and does the DIY thing, but within the comedy world. And there's so many parallels as you guys probably know, but he, he's got his own oh, little yeah. PA. He, he's got his own little PA so he can show up somewhere. I mean, he, he's booked the show, but he can just, he can go anywhere. Some, some nights huh. at Columbus hall, some, some anywhere and just do a show. And, uh, and I just love it so much that he just was like, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance at the age of 40 and start doing yeah. this thing. But there's so many parallels with that and doing the DIY, yes. like folk, punk, country, whatever thing. And uh, mm -hmm. just you saying comedian made me think of it, but I'll have to look up this guy, Chris Lowry, because I'm always trying yeah, to look for like new, new yeah. comedy and stuff. All right. He'll have to make more. I'll yeah. make him get out. <laughs> well, or if I'll he's got any YouTube yeah, he's videos, guy. he's a funny guy. He, he was shooting a video. He was shooting a movie for a little while up there. Just a, a, a uh, yeah, doing a film up there. So I know he's been off the circuit for a little bit, but well, uh, com comedy's but, a hard thing because it takes yeah, uh, it takes a long time to even get five minutes of material. I mean, those guys yes. have to labor for yep. weeks and days and months to even get five minutes of serviceable jokes you know so i'm watching my, right. my cousin go through that and he's actually doing he's doing it you know and it's i'm just so proud of him but um yeah it just reminds me of the slog that's a lot of work yeah, yeah. That, that a band or anything goes through just just okay can, can i write can i write five good songs you know to, enough to <laughs> right. get up somewhere right. and and entertain people for for 15 minutes or whatever and, and so once you right. got that once you got that much okay that gives you the confidence to all right, I can I can do that, and, and uh, you just keep going from there. But know? if you're if you're a comedian, though, like musicians, at least have the advantage in, you know, if you make it somewhere, they want to hear the stuff that they know. You know, right. if you're a comedian, wait, you told that joke the last three times. I don't want right. to hear it again. Right. I oh, want yeah. something new. Tell me something that's not funny anymore. Right, yeah. a song can still hold up. A joke doesn't. If you yeah. hold it over, that's true. Sometimes well, it's, it's the yeah. total opposite. It's 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 the total opposite. They want to hear your old stuff if you're a musician, but they want to hear your right. new stuff if you're a comic. It's, it's, it's right. I, I feel yeah. bad. I feel bad for those guys because, yeah, it's. It, I I want to play a new song sometimes, and people uh, people are into it, or you know they're stoked. But yeah, you want to hear oh, yeah. the, the old classics, man. Or, and at the same way, you know, when I go see a band, like I do want to hear new stuff, but you want to, you want to hear that old classic, man. Right. It's, it's a, right. such a weird thing. It is. No, I'm totally that way. And I always have like that more obscure song that's in the back of my head when I go and see someone and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm just like playing like a, a game in my head. Like, are they going to play this one? This right. is the one I'm hoping for, right? And I, I always feel like I win. Oh man! If I <laughs> by my age, so, song that I wanted to hear, then you win. Yeah, I don't do that. Over forty, I don't do that anymore. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been let down by that so many times. I just don't care anymore. I'm just like, I just want to hear. I, you know, I can't stop myself from doing. I know. It. I, it just I, I do. I just like I want to hear whatever the fuck this guy wants to play. 
And that's why I'm here. And, you know, so that's what I do anymore. I always strive to, to I always strive to, to play what people want to hear. Like I encourage people right. to shout out like, Hey, if I didn't play one, you want like shout it out, you know? And it's this weird game. That's like my little game where like, they might shout out one that I haven't played in 10 years, but I'll, I'll try to like do it. <laughs> right. I really want, I want people to like, go away go you know come away going oh he did play that weird old song (laughs) from the first record or whatever like that's that's what i want i strive to i'm like all right tell me tell me and sometimes i'll i'll forget the words in the middle or something but Mm. that's all just part of part of the show you know but but yeah that i i strive to like hey throw me for a loop man shout out a song and i'll try it you know yeah you gotta accommodate anybody or people whenever you can back to the point you go from iowa city you wind up in chicago on bloodshot right yeah so what so happens the, between there and there that's that's kind of that's the next kind of question i have yeah so the um so touring with that band brought me all, all around the country and it, it was such great experience and everything they ended up on this little record label out of chicago called southern records and a uh, great, great little kind of indie rock label, uh, um, but mostly known for, yeah, like weird kind of indie rock. This, these bands right. like Sweet the Leg, Sweet the Leg Johnny and 90 Day Men and, and uh-huh. um, these, you know, I, I kind of obscure, weird Chicago bands that were really good. So my right. friend's band ended up on that label and it was like, oh, man, this is like it might as well be Columbia Records. Like when your friends get like a record deal, even if it's just a smaller label. Oh, it was the greatest. Yeah, but it's the cool label. Right. Yeah, and it, they really really were a cool label and and the people were cool and and so so they were on there. So I would be on tour and we'd stop through Chicago to to stop at the label and pick up mm-hmm. records and and just meet the people and stuff. So I, I met the people at this label. They came out to the show. There was this place called the Fireside Bowl in uh-huh. Chicago, literally an old bowling alley. Did you, yep. you guys ever go to shows there? Yeah, I did. I went to one there. Yeah. Yep. And so it was literally an old bowling alley. The lanes mm-hmm. were still in there and stuff. Hell, even the old shoes and stuff right. was still in there. But there was yep. a stage and uh, there was a bar in there and a stage. And so uh, I was opening up for my friend's band and some of the people from Southern were there and they they dug what, you know, it was just weird enough to work. They, they dug mm-hmm. what they saw. Like, man, this guy's playing a banjo in this place. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> right. Um, and they're like, hey, like, hey, come by the office tomorrow and let's like talk. Uh-huh. And so that's how I ended up being. I was signed. So then I got signed to this little label, too. And it was so, so exciting. And I was kind of the one kind of folk country thing they had, you know, was, uh-huh. everything else was like weird, weird rock music. And so it was cool. I, uh-huh. I kind of got to stick out like that. So that that was how that worked out. And so I did three records with them. I would venture to say, and, I, you know, I can't speak for them. But that was that punk coming through, man. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that did. They, they could see the mentality behind it. Right. Uh-huh. And see that, you know, we were we were playing 250 shows a year and and, and just, yeah, the attitude of, again, like you just do the best you can, show up on time. And that's what that's what punk is, man. Like working hard right. and doing your thing. And so uh, I, I hope that that did shine through, you know. And um, so, so they were great and they, they treated me really well. And I did three records with them and, and then the, that other band was no longer a band. So I just kind of started touring on my own 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so after, after that ran its course, I caught the attention of uh, this label called Anti Records, right? Which was uh, out of was and is out of L.A. It's part of Epitaph Records. Which, oh, you okay. Know, I grew up listening to mm-hmm. Bad Bad Religion, and, and mm-hmm. the dude from Bad Religion started that label, Brett Gurwitz. Yep. And uh, so so that was a thrill. That was like okay, Anti's part of Epitaph. Wow, this is. And mm-hmm. so got got to know them. They came out to a show, and and the guy's name was Andy Calkin. And he came out and, and um, gave me a chance and was like, come on to the, the anti deal. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the next thing. Did three records with them. And, uh, and that was the first one was Animals in the Dark. That was that uh, I was I was trying to make a big swing. I was like, OK, I'm going to come out with something that's just a little different. And that mm-hmm. was that Animals in the Dark record. And, uh, and they, they had some other political type stuff on their label, like this, this rap group called The Coup. And, um, you know, Michael Franti and Spearhead, mm-hmm. and there was some other, like, really cool, and, and Bad Religion, you know, they're not afraid to wear their right. political sleeves, uh, 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 but their political hearts on their sleeves, that's what I want to say. Yeah. And I was, I always dug them, and so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to come out swinging with this. By the way, love the uh, Don't Pray On Me cover, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Bad Religion we're cover. About them. <laughs> oh, good. I, I'm, I'm glad you heard that and yeah. liked that. I, I uh. That was like an ode to to that band because um, yeah, growing up listening to their tapes and my Walkman, like literally on the mm. tractor in the in the <laughs> right. hayfield raking hay on the tractor with a Walkman, listening to Recipe for Hate, and <laughs> right. just like I just love this so much. Uh-huh. So so that that was like um, that was so amazing to get to meet Brett Gerwitz, and he he said he really likes that version, which was like uh, really high praise and. Mm-hmm. and uh, it, 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 that was amazing. So did did three records with them, and that that ran its course. And I love those guys. And no hard feelings. It just ran its course. And, right. Um, but by you know by then I I toured and played everywhere you can imagine, and and yeah, got the attention of the Bloodshot people, uh-huh. which I'd grown up, you know, in, in like the mid mid to late nineties. Uh, like I think I think Bloodshot started in ninety four, maybe. But that was mm-hmm. that was a home for like weird punky country that yeah you know that yeah. i would listen to like in the early days like uh um you know mecons and waco brothers and mm-hmm. like early nico case stuff right. and, and um mm-hmm. you know Wh- whiskey town and fucking old 97s and, yeah and uh so that's so that that was cool i used to buy those seven inches at the record store in iowa city and um so so all these years later to be uh involved with them is real cool uh, and they're just they're just great folks, and they they yeah. they do a really good thing for for this type of music, and uh, so so yeah, so it was, it was like kind of a long meandering road to to get here, but uh, yeah. I really like those guys. We got uh, uh, Matt's uh, uh, hometown heroes band um, from West Plains, Missouri, Haha Tonka. Yeah, sign with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! I love those dudes. Oh yeah, those guys are great. They're from a little town in southern Missouri where Matt grew up. Yeah, they're hometown heroes. I didn't actually, they, they're a little bit younger than us. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know them in high school, but I definitely found out who they were. Mm-hmm. They have good things to say about you also. Yep. Oh, oh they're sweethearts. Yeah. Luke, Luke says you're legit. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, man. Oh, that's praise. That's high praise. Yeah. No, th- those guys are badass. Cool cast. Boy, that, that really, like... Uh, that that like makes me that makes me happy to hear that yeah because I, I I love those guys and they're just they're so nice and cool and legit 
they're fucking legit. Yeah, man. they are. And uh, so now, to, yeah, to be on to be on the label with them and my old buddies, uh, Murder by Death, yeah. are now on that label, and, and just uh, just a bunch of cool stuff. And so uh, that that's nice of him to say that too. Uh, it, Luke's kind of got a similar story to you. He's got the old yeah. family farmhouse. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. That is, I don't know if you know that story or not. I didn't. Um, but he was telling yeah. us that. Oh, I didn't know that. His grandfather built the house uh, that he and his wife mm-hmm. live in now and uh, did it with one arm. Yeah. Isn't that yep. the story? Yep. John? He's, he's making some shine yep. down there. No fucking way. Yeah, he's, make, he's making some shine yeah. down there now. Oh, I, oh, I got. Yeah, he's setting yeah. up his own still. Oh, shit. We would have a lot to talk about. You guys would get along. We would, have a, we would have a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is the trip. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Well, so so the house that I live in, uh, it wasn't built by a relative. Uh, it's where I grew up, uh-huh. but it was partly built by a one-armed man. Oh, weird! <laughs> no way. And and that's the truth. That's absolutely not folklore Ooh. or anything. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, the, it, what a trip! And so the part that is maybe folklore was that his arm was buried out in the field. Right. And once in a while. <laughs> He, he, he would he would get I like phantom my golden phantom. arm yeah <laughs> Ooh, I, rem- I remember that story but he would he would get these like phantom itches like he he would he would feel it itching uh-huh. and he would have to go dig up his arm and like itch it oh no so that's where it's not weird that's <laughs> a great story i love it but, but him building part of the house with one arm is totally true yeah. so that's so funny that's yeah. such a coincidence uh, and we, we we would have a lot to talk about with uh, making moonshine too. Yeah, yeah. He started that for himself. We uh, we talked to him on the on the podcast too. He came out and visited us uh, on the river uh, one day uh, down there. Yeah, we were down yeah. in West Plains. Down the Ozarks. He was nice enough to come out and meet mm-hmm. us, and we yep. had a nice time. Oh, I got to listen to that. One. Yeah, says your stand up cat. Oh man. Well, I think he is too. And now I know we got to we got to get into it a lot more. We got to chop it up. A there lot you more. go. Yep. Now I know I got I got to go down and yeah I'll have to go down and visit his ass. There you go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let us know, man. We'll make it. A, we'll all go down. We're all down the same let's place. Let's do it. We'll do it. We'll go over the. Well, let's, uh, okay. How about the this? How about script. this? Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> yep, yep. We're gonna go over our Roger Miller. I'll bring my storyboards. <laughs> bring the storyboards. We'll get it all hammered out. <laughs> right. And uh, okay, I like this. I like this a lot. It's beautiful down there. It's really gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, that getting down into that country is uh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just like a you know, it's just a few hours south for me, so it's not very far away. Right. It's just this resource that I don't go down there enough and check it yeah. out. I need to get my ass down there more often. But well, I mean, I know growing well, up. Well, now we got an excuse. I know growing up up there, just how muddy and dirty the water was, uh, you know, up in farm country. And then going down to southern Missouri and just seeing how clear those springs were just blew my mind coming out of the rivers, you know, on the rocks. It's, it's a beautiful country. It's not that far either. Yeah. Yep. I can see why my dad moved us down there. Yeah. So you've been uh, knee deep in the uh, studio. Yeah. So that's uh, thanks. Thanks for uh, uh, jiving up this this schedule and stuff. Uh, oh no problem. Uh, yeah. That's no problem. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a bit. Oh, and, and you guys are patient and awesome, uh, and and that and I thank you for that. Thank you. And, but yeah, I've been in the studio, which is has been really fun. Uh, it's always fun when you got new stuff to do, and so uh, my cousin, a uh, uh, different cousin than the stand up comic. Uh, has a recording studio up near Iowa City, uh-huh. and uh, that we kind of built built together, uh, called Flat Black Studios, and so that's where I go to record. 
and it, and it's uh it's just a lot of fun to go there and so yeah i've been working on a new record and it's all done now i got it all in the can but but while while that's happening it, it's hard to focus on anything else it's hard to like yeah i i, I lose track of my emails and lose track of shit no that's fine so though. that i apologize for uh for all that but having new shit is really fun yeah yep and so i'm um, yeah get getting the artwork all finalized oh wow a, a friend of mine this lady that lives out in portland is doing the artwork and so mm. it's all exciting it's it's fun having your friends again going going back to having friends that are cool and talented and you you can have your buddies like help you do shit you know mm. still working on projects with the friends i've had forever like it's it's a special oh, thing that's nice when's it gonna drop when you think so it'll be out in the spring okay um, pro- probably like april all right yeah so it's 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 funny the the, the bloodshot the talking about the bloodshot thing mm-hmm. they're they're so cool and the, the guy's name's rob that runs mm-hmm. it and he's just this like down-to-earth cool guy and i was emailing him about like hey man i got a new record in the works and he's like yeah hey can we put it out <laughs> right on <laughs> i was like well yeah i i we have a contract <laughs> but he, he's but he's like i don't know he was like legitimately like i, I don't know i thought maybe you you know weren't happy or, you know if, if you weren't happy with us or something if you'd let us put it out, you know, uh, it was just this funny thing of like, no, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. we're in this, dude. Like, we're doing this, man. Right. Uh, <laughs> Should have fucked with him, been like, okay, so it's like a comedy concept album. Yeah, yeah. I come out in a Sergeant Pepper exactly. suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've you've heard uh, you've heard Lou Reed's uh, metal machine music, right? right? Well, it's kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I run a I run a buzz saw. I run a circular saw in the microphone. Right. For like hour an hour. And, and it's cool. It's kind of high concept. So, you know. So it's kind of, you know, Guar meets Ray Stevens. You know. Yeah. So if you're down with that, then sorry that the technology, I, I hope this all sounds okay for everybody. I think it sounds fine. I think we'll be doing good. Have you ever heard the Mike Watt podcast, the Live from Pedro show? No, I haven't heard it yet. I know Mike Watt. Though. I'm a Mike Watt fan, but... I, no, I haven't listened to it. He, he's a musical hero uh-huh. of mine, and uh, we've kind of uh, uh, musically crossed paths a few times. Like he's done some stuff for Bloodshot. Mm-hmm. We're on a couple of like comps together, and this and that. But I, I got to do his podcast. Oh, cool! Um, but I, it, it, it was it was over Skype, which I so I had to like figure out Skype, yeah, and stuff. And it, and it was it was just really weird. But uh, that guy is so fun to talk to. But he he really likes to talk a lot. And and so do I. <laughs> so we were we were constantly just like stepping yeah. on each other. <laughs> but but uh, but he's su- he's such a cool guy. But uh, I, I was just the whole time was thinking, man, I, I hope this. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it makes definitely. me feel even more honored that you did ours, man. I yeah. Oh, oh gosh, no this this is great, man. I'm, I'm honored that you'd even have me on. Like I said, meeting you guys down in Columbia there was just real cool, and I was like, these guys are fucking cool, and so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me man we've been excited about this for a while yeah yeah and we've had a had a blast even before you know we, we were going to we were going to see mark you know for for big smith right and finding out you're gonna be there we're like well dude oh you think we can get him i don't know oh, man. man he seems pretty fucking cool yeah <laughs> we were like man, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well actually before that we were like how the fuck have we been sleeping on this guy how do we not yeah. find out about him because we didn't know and then it was like, well, you listen to the shit. It's amazing. So, yeah, we're, we're really proud to have you on. 